Welcome to The Prosper Project, the show that helps entrepreneurs build brands that impact the world and the bottom line. We know that success doesn't come in a one-size-fits-all package. That's why we're bringing you adaptable marketing strategies along with valuable insights from inspiring changemakers, firebrands, and visionaries. I'm Lorraine Sugart, founder of the disruptive brand agency, Prosper for Purpose. Now for this week's episode. Hi, everyone. Today, my guest is Susan Harrow. Susan is a media trainer, marketing strategist, martial artist, and author of the best-selling book, Sell Yourself Without Selling Your Soul. For the past 33 years, Susan has trained thousands of CEOs, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders worldwide to shine on Oprah, 60 Minutes, The Today Show, Good Morning America, Fresh Air, Marketplace, Bloomberg, MSNBC, NPR, CNN, Fox, and The New York Times, and Wall Street Journal, Wired, Forbes, etc. So we could go on and on, but basically Susan is known for helping clients be able to present themselves as a thought leader and authority in their field so that they can shine on national media. Her course, The Zen of Fame, Your Genius Gone Viral, I love that name, it shows people how to promote themselves with integrity and spirit. And then finally, what I find really interesting about Susan is that she's a former teaching tennis pro and has a black belt in Aikido. I hope I said that right. Aikido. <laughs> that was close. Aikido. Oh, gosh. So close and yet so far away. That's very close. Oh, gosh. I well, like how you embellished it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Susan. So great to have you here. Great to be here. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about, well, I want to ask you about everything I just referenced, but tell us a little bit about what led you to start your business and kind of like, was that a kind of one thing, one domino, or it was at a lot of things, or was it something that you always wanted to do? Definitely not something I always wanted to do. It really happened organically. I was in high-tech sales in an all-male environment in a startup. And I've always, I majored in Shakespeare. I've always been an English major. And I was in a writing class with this gal who was doing PR for Bill Graham Presents, the Telluride Film Festival, Title IX Sports. And I said to her, I'd love to shadow you and see what you do, because I thought PR would be a perfect marriage of writing and sales. And since I wasn't afraid to get on the phone and talk to people. So I went over, I started just learning about PR. And then she said, why don't you like jump up on the phone and start booking people? And I said to her, well, can I listen to you first? And so she jumped up on the phone. This was all in the old days before the internet. So she jumped up on the phone and I listened to her book people. And then I just jumped up and started doing it. And then one of my very first clients was Missy Park of Title IX Sports, who was like a two-person business then and has grown to be, I think she's the third largest retailer of uh, women's athletic clothes now. And I started just booking her like in the Wall Street Journal and her growing her business. 
Then what that evolved from there is as I booked and worked with more and more clients, what happened was sometimes I would be booking them on Oprah, Larry King Live, you know, Good Morning America, all these different shows. And sometimes what would happen is a big nothing. And they would come to me and go, say, hey, Susan, PR doesn't work. And I would say, it's not PR. I mean, I did the booking. It's let me hear what you're saying. And then I started listening to what they were saying. And I realized that the issue was what they were saying, that they were not connecting with their audience. I started working on how do you speak about your business and brand in such a way that it satisfies the journalist or host and it connects with their audience and is informative, educative, entertaining and encourages people to connect with you on whatever level to grow your business. So it's free. It's, you know, it's maybe a small engagement, a larger engagement to sell your business book, product, service, or cost. And that's the evolution of it. And then I loved it so much. I started doing more exclusively that. And it's really expanded. Like lots of my clients now is just media training one CEO even though I'm hired to media train him, they're speaking at a conference where they have eight minutes on the stage speaking to a thousand people. So that's like a media interview because it's very convenient. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so I'm working with him and they're expanding their business. They've expanded worldwide and working with him. And like, what do you say? He's got three audiences in the audience that he wants to connect with as well. How do you connect with all three of them in those eight minutes so you are actually driving results. That's amazing. So when most people think of media training, they think of somebody who shows up one day with a camera, records them, helps them not say um and and, plays that recording back, mm. talks to them about how they are seated, what they're wearing, if they lean into the camera, those kinds of things. But you're taking that way beyond. You're going into what is the message? Probably how do you speak in sound bites or memorable statements that people will take with them? How do you become memorable, right? So it sounds like your media training is, and you and I have spoken, you know, I've done media training, but it sounds like your media training goes way beyond what most people do. And I think that's so important that you're seeing the big picture, not just, okay, I have this TV interview or there's been, God forbid, a crisis and now I have to address the media and I've never been media trained. What can we do? I love that you noticed that. I think, of course, I address all of those other things because people typically their very first questions are, I need to lose, they, well, first they say, I need to lose 10 or 20 pounds. <laughs> and then they say, because, ah, oh, because now we're seeing ourselves on camera, which is sometimes the most horrible thing, right? Or hearing right. voice. And so it's the criticism, the criticism, all your stuff comes up. So what people maybe don't realize is, you know, we do talk about mindset, but we talk about before we talk about when we can talk about clothes first, if that's what people need and where to look at the camera and all of the technical things. But really what I'm working on is a person's presence and their messaging that's going to have the effect that they've said that they want. Because oftentimes in PR, people go, oh, yeah, you know, I got in the New York Times. And my question is, well, what did it do for you? Yes, it's prestige. And that's really wonderful that you have that. And that is something, that credibility is something. But really, even if you've got a line or two in the New York Times, if it's the right line or two, that can attract in $100,000, a $1 million client. 
And I'm looking for what are you saying to whatever you're selling a business book, product, service, or cause that is going to grow, not to have looky-loos come to you, but to have the people who are really like you work with B Corps. So you don't want like someone who's like, you know, got an oil slick in Texas. Right. Not be our ideal. No, not that. So you want your messaging and positioning to attract other B Corp social entrepreneurs. And I'm in that same realm too. It's people who are working on the world's most pressing problems or have something incredibly fun. Like I also have, you know, I have the super serious people that I just love, but also things that are like, I will not turn away a good chocolate bar. You know? Me either. Or, or a snack. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love that. That's really important. But I think the other thing to address is that is that, you know, even if somebody's going for VC money, it is really their presence, their leadership quality. Yes, of course, they have to have in the background, they have to prove that the business is viable and they have to prove that it will work in the marketplace. But really the question is, are you the right person for the job? Are you going to lead this company? And what we're looking toward to founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs is number one. Now it is most millennials want you to have a social platform of some kind, a philanthropic arm, something that you believe in. They want to know about that. So that needs to be incorporated in the conversation as well as, you know, the seamless promotion of whatever it is, whatever your offer is. So yeah, that's something else that needs to be incorporated in. I think now that we're there's so much more consciousness, at least for certain people, to buy or buy into whatever you have, whatever you offer. Yes, I love that you said that. So for B Corps, that's really easy because to be certified, you have to have that purpose that aligns with a social or environmental impact. But what you're saying and what we do as well when we're doing brand narratives for clients is that is not just your CSR that lives in a silo over here. That has to be part of the message. And I liken it to a thread or you could say a piece of yarn. You're knitting a big blanket with all these different Mm -hmm. messages and things you do, but you've got to pull this piece in. It has to be part of the foundation or the blanket that you're creating, not just something that you reference from time to time that's sitting over here because people are onto that. They're tired of people who just talk about doing good. They want to see evidence of how you're actually doing that, not just once a year, not just saying we're having a women's day, we're doing this, we're doing that. But what are you doing through your business to make that possible. On a consistent basis. Yes. Yeah, on a consistent basis that shows what type of business you are, what type of person you are, because now a CEO or a leader of a company does need to have their own personal brand as well as their professional brand. And those need to knit together in that same (laughs) fabric too and needs to be consistent. And that messaging needs to go through Everything you do say are and think from your words to your website, that all needs to, and the look and feel of you, the look and feel of you and the look and feel of your website. So it's not just the words, it's everything has to match. It really is Gandhi's, my life is my message. How you are here is how you show up everywhere, right? And everywhere professionally. And that's really what we're going for too, is when you were referencing before, it's really personal growth because whenever anyone comes to me, the fears come up. I mean, the fears of, 
we want to be seen and we don't want to be seen. We yes. Want to, we, right. So it's both. So you have these two opposites. You're like, I want to be seen, but no, I don't want to be seen. And, or I don't want the things that I don't want to show, but everything shows like in Aikido, Japanese martial arts. I hate it. Love it because on the mat, everything shows you cannot hide your body is giving it away. But it's the same in media. People think they can hide it. But no, we can see when you're uncomfortable. We can see where you're uncomfortable. And people read that and pick that up all the time. My sweetie and I have a joke because he'll go, I don't like this person, somebody on the news. Can you tell me why? And I go, I love that. Yeah. And I watch and I go, oh. And then I start to dissect. I go, you don't like him because he's puffing up or he's trying too hard or he's being boastful or do you see the way his chin's a little bit high? It's like, I'm better than you are. You know, so it's all of those subtle things that we do that are both unconscious, but it's not just you and I who pick those things up. Your audience picks them up too. They might not know why they don't like you, but they don't. Yeah. So I want to talk about the different ways that you serve people because I think this is really important as well. And we think of media training, if you're an individual, like something that might happen online, or if you're a company, somebody who, like I said, flies in with cameras, but you do media coaching, you do consulting, you do media training for athletes and celebrities, you do all kinds of different things under your consulting arm. And then you also have courses and books. So let's start with the consulting. Can you take, like, if someone's listening right now and says, you know, I really need to start doing publicity for my business and I'm the owner. So that's probably going to be me. I'm not really comfortable being on camera or even audio, maybe podcast recording. Susan sounds like someone that I should check out. I want her to work directly with me one-on-one, what would that look like? Yeah. So I do work one-on-one and then I work on groups and I do fly in with my camera, right? And I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually going to LA in October to do a media training with a group who's then going to be, so it's a day where the one day is media training and the next day they're actually going to be filming on camera with a celebrity makeup artist and everything like that. So we're getting their real actually done. We're getting some of the assets that they need when they do publicity done. The the professional photos, the footage of them in the studio, and the actual media interview. So that's super great. So the first level is I work one-on-one with people and I work with them first on the phone or on Zoom. And if somebody does want to fly to San Francisco or fly me elsewhere, like we work in studio or we work at their company or in hotel rooms, wherever, it doesn't really matter. You know, you don't have to have a quote unquote company. We can do it in a hotel room, but it's an organic process where I listen to the way they speak naturally. I shape what those messages is that are going to bring in the kind of business they want and develop their brand. And we typically do it for a minimum of three months and people stay with me years and years. And that's really the first level. And then we jump up, obviously we we jump up on Zoom and if you're close enough, we work in person. And especially, you know, a lot of my clients, even though I'm a media trainer, clients have asked me, I'm doing the TED talk, I'm doing the CEO, you know, media training the CEO for his talk. So I do that as well. And if it is something that is way more extensive, I do like say, I'm not a TED talk 
you know, coach. So if that's what they need, I will refer them to a TED coach. But people have been asking me, some people have the TED coach too, the TEDx coach. And has me. And so I do that and I've media trained people for, we have like the Omega Institute that we have here in Santa Cruz. So all of that sort of thing. And then the next level is I have a small mastermind group. And that is you can get group coaching with me while taking the Zen of Fame, your genius gone viral and go at your own pace. So you get me in a group once a week. And then the last level is if people just want to take the course on their own and go through it at their own pace. It's self-paced anyway, but if you don't want my input, you can do that on your own. And that has three parts, your key messaging, because you actually need the messaging first before you reach out to the media having your system set up because PR brings people to your door and you need to usher them through the hot, those hot leads. And it needs to be in a system that really works. And then the last thing is setting up a PR campaign for you. If you can't hire someone like Lorraine and you want to do it in house or you're smaller and when you grow bigger, you can hire her. And it's how to set that up with your own, you know, in your personality, going a little beyond your comfort zone, maybe not in your comfort zone because we all move out of it. But the other thing that I want to say that we make, because people's fears come up and all the stuff comes up, what I want to say is that we do make sure that we cover worst case scenarios because there's no such thing as being completely prepared. Something is always going to happen. One of my clients now who's a telemedicine evangelist, she's a doctor and she's licensed in 50 states. She said to me the other day, she goes, I think the one thing that I'm learning here, Susan, is that something's always going to go wrong. Something is always going to be unexpected. And I said, that's absolutely right. And so, you know, one time it was, you know, they put the mic behind her hair and her hair was covering her face and (laughs) getting ruffled. And I mean, it was another time it was like a different setup. She had her computer set up in a different way and they wanted it, you know, she she was set up horizontal. They wanted it vertical. You know, it's always that they change the topic. You know, it's always something. And I'm like, yes, we have to prepare for all of that. So people think, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm ready. I'm going to go on TV. And if somebody is not concerned or worried, I am worried because lots of different things you need to be prepared for. And the most that you need to be prepared for is the unexpected. And to be able to maintain your own equanimity, stay on message, and come here to deliver the message that you came to give your audience, that's what's most important. Because what people remember is the feeling. They don't remember the host's question or the journalist's question. I love that. People remember how you leave them feeling. I think that's so true. And I think that's really important. And I think, like you said, that is the whole package how you're sitting, how you're leaning in or leaning out. And you should always train for worst case scenario while hoping for best case scenario. <laughs> we train for both. I'm on both yeah. We train for best scenario, exactly. worst scenario. And we ask like the questions that you don't want to be asked and how to navigate around. Exactly. Those. How to redirect. Yeah. 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 That's important. That's really wonderful. So what can you share for people listening? Like, what is a media tip maybe that people don't typically talk about or just something, some random fun fact or something that people can think about that maybe they don't normally think about, even if they want to practice like on Zoom, you can actually go on Zoom or Google Meet or whatever your record preference platform is and record yourself speaking. If you're thinking about starting to do videos in a Facebook group or teach or whatever that is. So what should they look for maybe when they're playing that video back? 
That's the quickest way to learn is jump up like we're doing a Zoom interview together. So you want to be looking at the dot. When Lorraine's talking, I'm looking at her, but you want to look 100% at the dot because now it looks like I'm looking at you. And that's weird. It is weird. My biggest struggle, honestly. I want to look yeah, at you. I want to look at you too, but I look at you when you're talking. But when I'm talking, I go ahead and look there, even though, and I can kind of see how you're reacting out of the corner of my eye, yes. right? <laughs> so I think what we do in the soundbite course is, and the Zen of Fame course is we match people up with the soundbite buddy because you don't always know your own genius. So you might think something sounds really smart and really great, but it doesn't land with the other person. So what with the soundbite buddy, we have people practice and give each other feedback, not in a critical way, but in a kind way to say, I don't understand this, or can you explain this more? Or I'm not, you know, I'm not clear on that. And this is what I remember. Like, so you can start to understand what lands. When somebody is doing a podcast or a media interview, the thing to listen for most is what gets repeated and how someone rephrases what you do. Because sometimes, and I tell my clients to listen for this all the time, they have phrased something because they know how to do it because they're a journalist or producer and they do this all day long. They shape and package you in a certain way. And I'm thinking, oh my God, that's brilliant. So we use it the next time. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So, and even somebody who introduces, you know, may say something. One time a gal introduced me. She didn't say she mispronounced martial artist. And she said, Susan is a marital artist. And it just made me laugh. And I go, I, yes, in a way I am a marital artist in terms of relationship and things like that. But those are the kinds of things that can, you just want to listen to how somebody packages you that yes. is landing with their audience too. And then you want to try that out in real life, you know, yeah. before you and do it. And so it's role play rehearsal and iteration. So that's one of the most important things. I don't know if that's a, I'm trying to think of something like super innovative that, you no, know. I think that's really important. I think that, you know, if you're too embarrassed recording yourself and playing it back, get over it. And then take the next step and have like a soundbite buddy explain what you do. Try to get shorter, more succinct. We used to call them elevator pitches. And I've never been a fan of that because it kind of implied that you memorize something. And I think you have the general idea. It's identifying it down. So it's, uh, you know, Albert Einstein said, make things as simple as possible, but no simpler. Because it's not dumbing it down, running it down. So it's a brilliant saying. And aphorisms are our very first sound bites, right? Because those are what people remember. And so you do want to have some of those. It's not the entire conversation, but you want to have those one-liners and things that people are going to remember within the course of a conversation, for sure. I love that. I think that's so great. Susan, it's been so wonderful having this conversation. I want to let everyone know, and I do want to touch on the two books you wrote before we go as well, but we will have links to Susan's website. And I think your course is open right now, the Zen of Fame, right? That's open. And I have one on another course that your people might be interested in. Okay, great. It's the one and only Get Into O Magazine, Oprah's Magazine. Okay, that's great. Yeah, for people with products, it's really the best placement on the planet for things of interest to women. And it's really, I mean, that really can triple your business overnight. And that's not an exaggeration. 
It's, yeah. it's very different than most other PR. And now she's got the digital version. The hard copy is quarterly, which is more prestigious to get into. But the digital version has its merits too, because she's doing so many Oprah's favorite things in so many different areas. And also it's digital, so it is archivable and you can find it, you know, forever. So there's advantages to both of the platforms. Right. I did have a client in Oprah once, but I'm still interested because I don't know that I could reverse engineer what I did and necessarily. (laughs) You may see me signing up for that. I think, and I, you know, and here's another thing. I love this. So you and I have been in conversation or we're going to be sharing a client. I think it's so wonderful to approach people whose offerings may overlap yours and look at ways that you could potentially collaborate because we can learn from each other. Your background is not the same as my background. My history of work is not the same as yours. So we each pick up different things and it's so nice to be able to learn from someone and not look at them as a competitor, but as a peer who you can share things with and they can share things with you. And I I just, I love that we've been able to do that. And I encourage our listeners this week to do the same. It's complimentary. And I think Uh, that's one thing that women do. It's co-opetition. Like we do overlap some parts in our business, right? But that's okay. And we, you have strengths and talents and skills and it's complementary to what I do. So it's, I think it's co-opetition and women are really good at that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I totally agree. So you may see me on your new client roster. (laughs) I'd love that. I I think that's great because, you know, and that's another thing. And I just will say this really quickly. Sometimes we have success and then aren't able to figure out how we did it. And we might be able to do it again anyway, or we might not be able to do it again without kind of really being able to understand how we did it. Right. And so some people just brush it off as, well, I was just lucky. I could never do that again. Whereas other people will say, no, I need to figure this out because there had to be a reason, right? And so I think that's a really wonderful way to look at, okay, I had the success. I figured out what it was, and now I'm going to share that with people. So thank you for offering a lot of the things that you do for people that are not ready to work with you. I think that's just a great way to be able to help people no matter where they are in their business and in that journey of, okay, now I'm ready for the big time. I want to be in national media. I want to be interviewed on big podcasts and the Today Show and all those good things that we listed at the beginning of the hour. Yeah, I want to say I do have a lot of free things on my website. Most of them are on the blog. So it's prsecrets.com forward slash blog. There's a whole lot of different things depending on what you're interested in, but you can start anywhere from the 100 word email or the editorial calendars. There's, I give 50, there's actually like 80 into editorial calendars. If you want to start with magazines, which is slower and easier than a podcast and some especially people with products, you know, magazines are ideal, right? Because now there's a lot of digital versions as well as hard copy, but that's a really great placements for products for sure, as well as your local 
TV and podcasts and all of the other mediums. So I have something for everyone at every level. So you can start where you are because that's what the only place we can start. It's where we that's are. That's right. That's right. right. <laughs> we say that anyway, but that's true. That's the only place. You- but you know what? We, we can't start any other place because people go, I'm not ready. It's like, well, we're never, ever ready for. No. You know, even when when you when yes. you step outside your comfort zone, right? We never change staying exactly where we are. No. Yeah. So Susan, I always end my interviews by asking people, what does it mean for you to prosper? So my goal is peace of mind, which I'm very far from. So (laughs) it's a daily practice for me. And I practice all the same things that I ask my clients to practice because I want to grow myself in a way, I want to grow myself personally and professionally, spiritually, emotionally, all those things. So to me, I have a lot of daily practices. So for me to prosper is for me to feel like I am in peacefulness and equanimity and being able to freedom is, I know all of your entrepreneurs are thinking about this, but the freedom to set up my whole day the way that I want, the freedom to choose the kind of clients that I like to work with, the freedom to connect with I've set my schedule up so I do have time for my family and my friends and my daily rituals and my walking and my trainings and my podcasts that I listen to and my, you know, I'm always doing something on masterclass. Those, well, I'm always like, my sweetie goes, you're a lifelong learner. And I'm like, yes, I took, you know, a masterclass, right? One of my favorite ones with Alicia Keys. I'm never going to write music, but she has so much to teach me. So for me, it's, prospering of the mind, of the spirit, of my expansiveness into freedom in all of those areas, you know? So, and of course, being comfortable. I know we've talked about the comfort of having enough money to do what you want as well. And that's it too. Like, I don't need any more stuff. I'm not really interested in any more stuff. You know, I want to clean out a lot of the stuff that I have. Part of my prosperity is I would like to divest myself of some of the things that I have to simply, because you know what I mean? I know a sort of crazy dream is like, sometimes I think just like, you know, Steve Jobs, one outfit, one, you know, not to have all that stuff to worry about, like not to be like monks. It's like, you just wear one set of clothes so you can focus on the things that are important. And I think that's wardrobe is popular now. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Cause, but then again, I love different pieces of jewelry and things like that. So I go back and forth, but I think to me, the prosperity is the simplifying, the zenifying of my life too. So I'm focusing, I have the time to focus on the things that are really the most important thing to me. That's wonderful. I love that so much. Susan Harrow, her website and her company is PR Secrets. Her books are Selling Yourself Without Selling Your Soul and Hire Your Next Boss and Get Your Dream Job. And you can link to all the ways that you can work with Susan, her books, her freebies, everything at prsecrets.com. Susan Harrow, it was so wonderful having you as my guest on The Prosper Project today. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Prosper Project. If you want to grow a peerless, profitable brand, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you find value in our show, please help us reach others by sharing an episode and leaving a review. In appreciation, please visit prosperforpurpose.com 
for more free resources to help you grow your business.